Welcome to Daily Dose of Dr. Mary and Dee. I'm Maz Mary. And I'm Dana DelVal. Whether you're a person on an addiction sobriety path, or you know someone who is, we're here to talk about our journey with it. And more importantly, we want to help end the stigma and shame of alcoholism. And we want to bring some hope and laughter along the way too. Thanks for tuning in. Good morning. Happy Thursday. Happy Thursday. Hey, Dr. Mary, guess what? It's our two-year anniversary. It is. You have to speak louder, Dr. Mary. You're very far from the camera. It's our two-year anniversary. Happy anniversary. Happy birthday to Daily Dose. Um, We're kind of waiting on a guest. She maybe won't uh, come, so we'll reschedule her if she doesn't. So we're going to just talk a little bit about why in the world we started Daily Dose, which some of you may know, we started on a complete and utter lark. Do you want to talk about July 14th, 2020, Dr. Mary? Or not? What's that? Yeah, we were just sitting, actually, when we were just sitting out in the backyard and you said, let's do a podcast. No, we've taken heroic public speaking. Oh, that's so, right. So we were taking this two-day free training from a uh, right outside of New York City-based company called Heroic Public Speaking, Michael and Amy Port. Um, And it was all about how to sort of up your um, public speaking. And I was shocked that Maz agreed to take it with me, but he did. And so it was a really good first day of virtual learning. And kind of the takeaway from it was that you have to be really consistent in creating content. And um, we um, decided that we had, I'm telling this poorly because I wasn't really expecting to talk about it. I'm sorry. In February of 2020, we had launched this nine week series that ended in April. The world fell apart in the middle. And we felt like the response had been so high, so positive that maybe there was more to say and do. Uh, And then in July, we took this two day training. And at the end of the first day, we had done all this kind of brainstorming and creating some content ideas and pieces. And I said to you, what if we just went back and started doing some live streams? Very, very focused. No more than 15 minutes every single day, consistent time. I would, for the most part, not go down political rabbit holes. Um, They would just stay on target. And you agreed. Yeah. And so the next morning, July 14th, we just went live. We were sitting out on our deck. I had made toast which you ate all of it. Oh, yes. Which I, I do am remember still that. Uh, yes. reeling from. You reeling. clearly haven't forgotten or forgiven that I <laughs> no. ate your toast. Well, you don't oh, get over good toast. Come on. It was good. It was good, I imagine. So we started, we started this journey. And if you go back and watch uh, those early episodes, one, I'm holding the camera. We're, so we're filming off of my phone. And I'm holding the camera. So a few minutes in, you start to see things kind of wiggle. Guess what? Our guest is here. All right. Hold on one second. I'm going to shift the banner. 
I'm going to bring her on camera. We're going to go to this. Good morning, Larendy. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks nice for joining us. Oh, my pleasure. Sorry, it took me a minute to figure out where I was where I was landing this morning. That's all right. It's nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. We are uh, celebrating, in addition to you being with us, we're celebrating our two-year anniversary of Daily Dose today. Wow, I feel so honored to be <laughs> celebrating with you today. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it's a big deal. Uh, we didn't really know what we were doing when we started. I'm not absolutely certain. We still really know what we're doing, but we just keep showing up, so it's all right. And two years is a it's a big uh, a big celebration. The fact that you've stayed with it, and just so many great um, great things to celebrate. So congratulations! Thank you. Thanks so much. Thank you very much. But let's let's transition over to you and talk about your work which is older than two years, but also um, beautiful and substantive in its own way. So you are the executive director and founder of the Miracle Activation Center. So tell us what that is. Okay. So it is older than two years, although it feels, I have to tell you that every day feels like we're just getting started. And I guess, uh, I, I think I learned years ago that if I can wake up every day and then book in my day feeling that I learned something new and then that's really fantastic. But the genesis was really, I was walking home from an executive networking organization that I belong to. And I was in Brooklyn, New York. I, it was the corner of Myrtle Avenue and Carlton Avenue. And I don't think I'll forget that. Um, and I was walking home and I just kind of got this download. I don't know how else to describe it. And the word that came to me was Miracle Activation Center. So I called my husband and I said, can you check and see if this URL is available? And he said, that's a great name. That's not going to be available. <laughs> Checked it was. And I said, buy it right now. And he said, what are you going to do with it? I said, I have no idea. Yeah. And for the first time, in addition to the Miracle Activation Center, I also own a consulting company that I've owned for 19 years. And in that, we do a lot of management consulting and turnaround consulting, startups, shutdowns, whatever the case is, a lot of M&A work, mergers and acquisitions. And so for the first time in my work life, I didn't go back, I didn't go home, sit down and start writing out a business plan. I just let Miracle Activation be kind of this organic thing. And over time, what happened was uh, people started coming who needed the work that Miracle Activation Center now does. And it really is something that evolved over time. And so that's, that's, it was more than we're coming up on eight years ago now. And we just are in the process of launching our new website. Um, it was, it was almost five years before we even had a website because we weren't even sure what it was supposed to be and how that was going to unfold. Well, congratulations yeah. on that evolution. And I have to tell you, cause I've never exactly met anybody else who had a similar experience. So I can tell you exactly where I was not in Brooklyn. <laughs> I was out in the middle of nowhere, 
North Dakota on a farm dirt road, soybeans on my left and a empty field full of water on my right. When I also had a download moment, I like to say it was sort of my um, Saul to Paul transformation on the way yes. because yes. it was like a beam of light from it, it was angled, it came at me, and it was like, here's what you're gonna do, Dana Delval. And it wasn't about daily dose, it was some other things, but it was so clear, mm -hmm. it was so um unmistakable and so very evidently not really from me mm. or from me, but through me, or I, I don't know exactly what preposition to use, but it's an incredible moment. And Sounds I good. think we're lucky yeah. we get to have those. Right. It sounds like the light within you connected with the universal consciousness and right. And then that became the, the a moment, what we call a, a holy instant or a sacred moment where it becomes really clear. So. Oh my gosh. That um, kind of makes me tear up a little. That's an incredible way to say it. I never have felt like I've exactly been able to explain it to anyone. So thank you for articulating that. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's how I received it anyway. Yeah, well, I'm going to receive it that way too because I like that. Nice. So, okay, so you've done this work now for eight-ish years. Mm -hmm. um, we were on your website looking at some things. You have a lot of offerings, and it it makes sense to me now that you're talking about sort of this organic growth. That it's it must be sort of driven by your client base. Mm -hmm. and what they need. So let, let's just talk through what, what are you providing and how are you providing it? Because it feels so gentle and mm -hmm. loving, which I think is not always the way people think about overcoming big obstacles. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much for identifying with that. Uh, it, it's, we, we do have a lot of offerings and I will just say the reason we're able to do that is both from a client perspective and a counselor perspective, similar to how the download came, the attraction of both of those has just kind of coalesced. And so we have the ability to offer a lot of offerings because we have several counselors who we all have a similar common theme, but there's also additional modalities that they each bring to the table, which is really fascinating and fulfilling and, and fun at the same time. So the clients that we specifically work with and, and, and that we, when our new website launches, you'll see this more clearly, is there's two uh, groups of individuals that we serve, and that is clergymen and C-suite executives. And anyone who supports that, uh, that role, I think is the best way to articulate it. Okay. And what we help them with is to recover, reclaim, and rebuild their lives. And the for clergymen, my connection to that is I grew up in a minister's home, and my father's a retired minister. So I have a unique understanding and perspective of the blessings and burdens that come with those roles as a, as a clergyman's family. Mm -hmm. And then... For corporate executives, I have a unique experience because I grew up in corporate America. I studied psychology and then decided I did not want to be a counselor 
at that time. Interesting that now I have a whole center dedicated to that. <laughs> the universe yeah. figures out how to bring us back around, doesn't it? <laughs> exactly. And the truth is I used my psychology when I was in corporate America and even my own company that I've owned now for 19 years, Risk Advisors. It's very consultative, counseling oriented. So those are the two verticals. And what we do is, I think there's two, if I had to boil it down to two areas, it's burnout and helping uh, corporate executives and clergymen identify what the genesis of that burnout is, mm. and then how to recover and reclaim and rebuild their lives so they can show up more powerfully. And then also the other area is um, in substance use disorders. And that's very near and dear to us because we are a recovery family. And again, if you had asked me when I was, you know, 10 years old, what I wanted to be when I grew up, I wouldn't have identified, understood on any path, any level that this was the thing. No, no, um, it does tend to, um, right. Sideways, that one. <laughs> yeah. But it finds us, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Right? And because I grew up in a teetotaler home. My I did too. Yeah, I actually yeah. And so it just, <laughs> oh, you did as well? Yeah. My dad never drank. My mom hardly drank. And she'd stop at a drink. You mm -hmm. know, there was no alcoholism in my immediate family at all. Mm -hmm. Right. So that's, uh, so I, I was a bit surprised when I learned that it was in my family history. Oh. ran really deep. Um, the reason I grew up in a teetotaler home was because my father's mother died of alcoholism. So the way we solve that is we just don't drink. Sure. This is the way we, this is the way we think about it. Right. Yeah. And my mother was um, a subjected to um, a lot of abuse at the hands of her older brothers because of their alcoholism. So we, we can understand the the thought process but it doesn't solve the underlying challenges does it so when i started to um i was in my second i was in my first marriage when i realized uh houston we have an opportunity uh, <laughs> i didn't know what to do with it and yeah. the, the addiction there was not substance use oriented and that marriage ended and uh i married my current husband and two and a half years into that into our, my relationship, my marriage with my current husband, we identified that he had, he had an alcohol, he was an alcoholic. And I have permission to share, by the way. Um, so, you know, when, you, when this happens and, and the problem was always with them, you know, oh. it wasn't my issue. <laughs> we could just, we could just get them better. And yep. it wasn't until uh, to, uh, April 1, 2008, when I was given one of the most important treasures of my life. And I walked into an Al-Anon room mm. and that's the day the world became a safer place because Lorendi wasn't out in the world trying to control people, circumstances and outcomes. Oh. So that's, <laughs> that's kind of the recovery part of it. And, you know, Mary and Dana, I thought that I would be working with families mostly because that was my story, uh -huh. right? Now we're all recovering from something. So guess what I found out? I also have some, some addictions to confront and to embrace, right? Nope. Um, but what's happened is I would say 50% of the work that we do is with what, what we would call the identified client or the identified patient. 
the um, a qualifier. And then half of what we do is with, with families. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of in a nutshell. Oh. Um, there's a lot there, right? A lot to unpack, but that's kind of the the beginning, the beginning and kind of the middle of it. So I have a question. So if you if an if an addict comes to you and on on your statement on the website, it's and it's a nice statement. I like you to to identify that. How when you say that you make the invisible visible and bring clarity to every situation, how would you do that specifically for an addict help um, reaching out for help? What, what, mm. How do you get, how do you onboard them? If, if that's the correct phrase mm. to use. Sure. Thank you so much for the question. So that comes from a, another uh, thing that happened is over time. And this actually happened when I was doing some work around my corporate consulting company is I really wanted to identify some pillars that it didn't matter who I was working with or who I was talking to or what we were doing, that here's the three pillars of who we are irrespective of the assignment and so it also kind of came as a download it was it wasn't quite as dramatic as carlton and myrtle (laughs) however it it did come and it was over a period of time and the three identifiers is that my personal mission is to be a channel to eradicate physical and spiritual hunger Mm -hmm. in our life in my lifetime and on that particular issue i believe that it's it's a distribution and education issue not a supply issue to eradicate spiritual and physical hunger. The second was to bring clarity to any situation. And third was to make the invisible visible. So back to your question, when it comes to addiction, the more research we do, we understand that the opposite of addiction is not sobriety that's the tool the opposite of addiction is connection Mm -hmm. because at our basic level as human beings who are you know spirits who are having a human experience is this desire to connect and what's the first thing we do is we you know if we're an extrovert i want to connect outside of me and i want to have a lot of conversations like this which by the way i am so the more i'm around people the more connected i feel at, but what very often happens is I'm attracted to introverts. So you can only handle so much of me. And then what happens when you go away? Or if you're an introvert, you want to be connected to a point, but you can get drained really easily. So making the invisible visible and bringing clarity for us, the first step is, or maybe the second or third, depending, is to help you recognize that the power to heal is within you. And that that is not something that's outside of you and helping you reconnect to the godness within you. That spark that was put in you the moment you were created in the mind of God and bringing that clarity and that visibility to you so that you're empowered to operate at a higher state of consciousness than maybe you have historically. And then we walk the journey and help you discover what's going to be the best journey for you, right? Mm -hmm. We're privileged to walk beside, share our experience, strength, and hope, facilitate, but we can't heal you. First of all, you're not broken, Uh right? You just forgot that that magnitude is there. Mm -hmm. And if we can, if we can have some experiences together, some miracle moments, 
where you can have some of those divine interventions, divine moments, then that's really incredible because now you have your own experience to draw upon. So when I go away or whatever happens, you're, there's not a vacuum created. Mm -hmm. If that, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It's a, it's a dependency on self versus a codependency in a negative way. Because yeah. mm -hmm. I, I do think, I mean, if I think about the years that Maz was really struggling, he was utterly isolated, despite the fact that we were in the same house, he was, mm -hmm. he was doing all these things. He was, he was um, really like he was on a little island all by himself. And I think one of the one of the important steps for you was to figure out how to come back to connection and community, but not be codependent on it. Mm -hmm. To know that whatever came his way, he could maintain this new path for himself. Mm -hmm. That's a yes. that's a huge learning curve. Right. That isolation is symptomatic yeah. of that feeling of lack of connection and not knowing how to to receive that in a way that's not going to be draining or, mm -hmm. you know, to feel overexposed or unsafe or whatever that is. Yeah. Right? And we also know that attachment disorder is also another indicator, right? Another, when we look at it, we say, okay, well, let's look at some his history in the identified client and also in the family system and, generations back, there's usually some type of attachment disorder. So we're asking an addict to attach and connect in a way that doesn't feel safe for them. Mm -hmm. Right. So we're, we're kind of asking them to leap the Grand Canyon without a safety net. And yeah. so helping, helping them to identify that that safety is within them. And it's, it's challenging, right? Because I, I was talking to a father last night whose son has been struggling with addiction since he was 11 years old and the young man's now 27. Wow. And, wow. you know, interesting that this family has been living, you know, in this situation and no matter how many rehab centers they've been in, this son, this young man has been in such a lack of understanding of what we're really dealing with. And I'm not blaming anyone for that, but just an awareness. And um, as I was sharing with him last night, I said, you know, you're asking this 27 year old man to show up as a 27 year old man when he's been struggling with addiction for 11 years, since he was 11 years old, yeah. you don't have a 27 year old man right. standing in front of you on any level. Yeah. And so that's frustrating. And, and he said, you know what, you're so right. And just knowing that, is a relief, right? So yeah. that's again bringing clarity to the situation. Yeah. And what may seem obvious to you and me wasn't obvious to yeah. this to this family. Um, I want to put up a comment from one of our watchers, John. What a difficult task it is to get an addict a reason to change and realize how to live a better life without a substance. It's not easy to relate the beauty that exists in life when their environment has become so dark and bleak. Once that is realized, that is the spark that allows the possibility to recover. It's a really lovely way to say that, John. Yeah, it is. Thanks, John. Yeah, thank you, John. It it is. I love how you, you how John used the spark. 
Yep. Me but, too. And it only, re, and it only requires a little bit of awareness of that spark mm -hmm. for most of us, you know, and, and I was, you know, my recovery has been a little bit different, you know, again, the biggest thing recovering from this need to control, you know, um, that spark can be challenging for us to, to find and identify sometimes. Absolutely. Right? I, I talk about sparks in this work that I had this God moment with as well. And I, often think of it like a little pilot light. Mm -hmm. you know, your pilot light's never actually out if you have a gas powered yeah. stove or oven, mm -hmm. but you can't always see it. And sometimes you yeah. have to relight it, but it's there, it's it's ready to go, mm -hmm. you can find it again. Um, I wanna put the link up for your site while we are talking. Um, I want to, to know if you find a propensity in this C-suite and clergy person um, subset. Do you find a propensity of addiction based on the stresses of those particular job titles? Or, or do they sort of fall into the general mix of people and, you know, 10% or so of everybody has that problem? Well, I'd be interested to hear your experience as well. But my experience has been is that if I have, first of all, we're all recovering from something. Yeah. That in 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 um, in some of my writings, I say that we're recovering from our experience of hum of our humanity. Mm -hmm. So the moment we decided to incarnate here was the moment we decided that there would be something to recover from, right? Mm -hmm. Or run towards. So what I will say is that uh, I, on the one hand, I guess I could say that certain stressors are going to be triggers on the one hand. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, you know, we, we, we use A Course in Miracles as some of the fundamental and foundational work that we do. And the reason we do is because once you're really ready to receive, I think it's, there's, there's almost, there's very few texts that can help us really understand the ego mm. and Course in Miracles is one of those. And so I always say, never underestimate the Course in Miracles says this, never underestimate the veracity and the viciousness of the ego <laughs> to take you out. So, you know, in, in recovery, we often say, you know, well, what caused you to use today? Well, the sun came up. So mm -hmm. there is that. And then we'll look for a reason. But on a more grace-based perspective, certainly those triggers are going to come in and they're going to tap on my shoulder. And if addiction or substance use disorder or pornography or gambling or whatever that is, has been a way to fill the hole, as soon as I get that tap, for sure the thought would likely enter the mind until it doesn't. So especially early in recovery, it's uh, early as we're starting our recovery work, these stressors mm -hmm. are there. So in, in corporate America, it's the stressors of too much pressure, whatever the case is. And the clergy, quite frankly, usually it's that we're the go-to person for everything and who do we go to? Right. Yeah. So, and that's right. about- you, I, I would think a clergyman would understand that there's a need for them to reach out to a fellow clergyman, but they know that they're just adding additional stress to that person's plate. Right. Then. So it's, 
it's sort of that um, challenge of knowing just a little bit too much mm-hmm. and behind the curtain enough to know that you don't want to exacerbate that for someone else. Right. And if we can come at it from a connection perspective, mm-hmm. then I recognize that I, I need help too. And there's there's a kinship there. So, mm-hmm. you know, another aspect, and this is true in many spiritual practices, is that, you know, we all go home together. So mm-hmm. it's that community. And, you know, I'm going to talk to Maze and Dana today. And there'll be some things that I'll learn today that I wouldn't have learned if I hadn't shown up today. And that's, that's incredible, right? So that desire to connect and desire to learn mm. and be open, open hands, open heart to that. Yeah. Mm, that's mm-hmm. lovely. That is lovely. So um, with your new website coming, what, what's, what else is on the horizon for you? What are you working on? I'm not sure you need to work on anything more. But... <laughs> yeah, you seem to have many irons. I You know what I continue to work on is to wake up every day and to show up with a, I'm here to only be truly helpful. Mm. And I don't need to know where to go. I don't need to know the plans. I just need to show up and say, where, where am I meant to be today? Mm-hmm. And it's similar to how, you know, Dana, you and I met, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, this wasn't on my radar on any mm-hmm. level, uh, if, you know, a month ago. Yep. And, but there was just, I call them divine appointments. <sighs> and so what I do every day is I, I pray for the gift to be able to have a conversation like I had last night with that father yeah or with um with an addict who has reached the end of their rope and they can't see a way out and that we can provide opportunities and and first of all to connect within themselves so they can make the best choice for themselves and let them know that there are options mm. so i um you've said some really beautiful phrases divine appointments some some light stuff, some spark stuff. I, I'm going to go back and watch our conversation again because you've really given me many, many things to think about, which I feel very grateful for. Um, I guess, unless you have other questions. No, just an observation. I'm just, I'm delighted this you, you set this up because it, it, it gives another facet to people who are all different to reach out for something that connects to them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's a lot of people that don't like going through the AA program because they, they're uncomfortable with the, the Christianity that comes with it. But there are others who embrace it. And I know some that say, you know, some people say this is very um, Christian based, but it's not mm-hmm. Christian based enough for me. So it's it's mm-hmm. like to actually meet you to have something for, I mean, I you know, as a, a Catholic if someone comes up to me and says, I, you know, I, I need a lot of faith-based thing. I think, well, you know, I'm also a European. So a European Catholics are kind of <laughs> stoically stand off for the, Oh dear, I don't know how to help <laughs> 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 to have an organization where you can actually embrace that for that particular type mm-hmm. of individual. That's fantastic. Yeah. The divinity piece of yeah. it is really lovely because for people who are uncomfortable saying the, 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 the Lord's prayer at the end of a meeting, Right. And for people who think that's not enough, that I'm glad there's something that can attract those as well as, you know, very, um, very non um, religious AA mm-hmm. meetings 
obviously the only way forward. So, right. Thank you. We 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 hope that we can we can be a possibility, you know, for individuals. And uh, we work with people of all faiths and no faith. Mm -hmm. And because again, the beautiful thing is the answers are within you. Yeah, yeah. So, that's what I love about when I read your statement, making the invisible visible. I I had lots of my God, that could mean so many things, mm -hmm. but it's not judgmental. It just it, yeah. it does it, it can apply to anybody. Hmm. I just want to read the sentence that you have at the top of your um, little bio under our team because I think it's so beautiful. And it's from A Course in Miracles. The kind of rest you seek, you will not find from sleeping, uh, but from waking. Yeah. And that, again, sort of that bringing the invisible to the visible. Mm -hmm. What a what a poetic, mm -hmm. spiritual, beautiful way to think about the opposite of that numbing out experience that addiction so almost always brings, not just to the user, but to the family. Mm -hmm. We become for a long yeah. time sort of existing in this almost kind of weird thick gelatin that kept us alert, but not connected. And it's really about, it's not about sleeping. It's about becoming present and alert and awake and aware of all of the trials, tribulations, beauty and joy that is being alive. Right. Right. It's, it's chasing that, that life, isn't it? I read a, a beautiful uh, Facebook post the other day about a woman who eventually transitioned from brain cancer. And she said, if you're reading this, it's because I transitioned. I read that post too. What? Wasn't it unbelievable? <laughs> and, what did she, and what was so, what was it that was so profound about that for you, Dana? Um, I loved that she just said, live your life. Yeah. It, a long life is short. It's short. Mm -hmm. You're going to get to the end and feel like I, I didn't have the time I thought I'd have. So live your life while you have it. Mm -hmm. I, I love that. it too. I thought it was amazing. Isn't that great? That's those when we can have those moments on social media because they're not always that abundant. <laughs> it's really they're wonderful. not always that um, profound. Right. <laughs> She's a lack of profundity on Facebook. Right. I, I loved what she said about, I, I came to a point where I started chasing, chasing life instead of running away from death. Yes. Yes. So profound. Right. And so it connects with us because that's that spark within us that said, that's it. I'll have what she's having. Yes. Well, we just want to, at Miracle Activation Center, we want to provide those kind of moments, right? That I can walk with Maze for a minute. He'll say something. I'll go, I want more of that. So yeah. I'm going to sow more into that. Right. Yeah. So chasing, chasing life. I mean, that's, yes. that's what's lacking in an addict. You forget there's a life outside of your addiction too. So it's, mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a fantastic um, state to be in and, and a, a fantastic uh, dream to follow. What if, what if as addicts, we could even at some point get to the point where I can hug myself and hold myself and even love that part of me because yeah. you know we know in parts therapy you know when we do and there's been some tremendous work done around this when i try to cut a part of myself out and set it aside it still creates a hole yeah. so when i can receive that this has been part of my journey mm -hmm. and i'm going to embrace that part of me too because the reason i drank drugged 
overused whatever it was, was I was trying to fill a void. So let's not create another void, you know? Right. Right. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just part of the journey. And I, what, what attracted me most to your site was this notion of we're all recovering from something. Some people I have sort of discovered in these two years, uh, in some ways being a, a named addict in recovery makes you very, very fortunate because whether we understand it accurately or not, we all have a general sense of what it means to say, well, I'm a alcoholic in recovery. Mm -hmm. If you don't have that clearly defined thing, and you're mm -hmm. just muddling through life. You can't say I'm a blank in recovery. I'm a human right. in recovery. I mean, I don't know what you're in recovery. I'm in recovery from, but of course we're all, we're all trying to get through and past and around and again the prepositions of life mm -hmm. i think make us both complex broken and resilient and so you gotta you gotta love it all because right. you wouldn't be where you are had you not gone through the bad you certainly are where you are because you've gone through the good so it's it's all just part and parcel to it it's yeah. a journey it's just a, a continuation of the journey isn't it absolutely i had, a, I had an experience the other day where I was doing a meditation and at, at the beginning of the meditation, I felt like I was at this fork in the road. Like there were, I was standing at the, the beginning of two roads and it felt really confusing and disconnected and I didn't know where to go. And then I just felt, you know, kind of at the small of my back, this hand leading me to one way. And it wasn't that that right path, it was, I coincidentally happened to be on the right. Uh -huh. It wasn't that that was better than the left. Mm -hmm. Um, but as I was standing at the fork in the road, I kind of felt like I was jumping between two roads and how disconnected that felt. And as I walked down the right, that right path, it was, you've always been on this right path. There was never an intersection. It was just a continuation of the journey. And I think most of us can connect with that on some level, right? There's twists, there's turns. Sometimes I get to walk beside the beautiful, clear crystal streams. Sometimes I'm on a jagged path, but it's still, it's still just the journey. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. That's a good way of looking at it. Yeah. Well, Lorendi, this has been so yes, lovely. I'm so glad we were and, able to connect. And, and listen to your, your vision and, and view on how to, to mm. deal with and, and help people who struggle. Well, thank you. Just in closing, I would like to give some gratitude. We didn't talk about this, but I have, we have a son that we, um, that didn't win his battle with depression and anxiety. And, and, um, fortunately when he passed, he was clean. So if, if that's any consolation, although from where I sit today, I don't want to make that as the, the amazing moniker. Um, but he's with us every day now in the work that we do. And I just want to give so much gratitude to him and, Thank him for helping me find my way into the Al-Anon room. And thank you to my husband because they, in, in my estimation, even though there's no order of difficulty and miracles, I say they had the harder journey mm -hmm. and without them be, being a part of my life, I'm not sure April 1, 2008 would have happened for me. And I'm so grateful to be in recovery and to have belong to such an incredible universal family. I, I uh, think that if, if we can 
find our way back to connection and community with the people we love. It's one of the great blessings to have gone through this with someone. I sure wouldn't wish it for people because it's a hard journey, mm -hmm. but, but it has for me too been one of the most profound experiences. I could never have become the person I've become without having lived with it. I wouldn't have picked it, but mm -hmm. I'm so, so grateful for it. So it's an incredible thing to get to look at something so difficult, such a dark period with grace and gratitude. So thank you for reminding you. us of yeah. that. Yes. And for just showing up, you might be among the calmest, gentlest spirits I have ever experienced <laughs> through a screen. It yeah. really, I feel like my breathing has slowed down. Everything has just modulated in the most beautiful of ways. So I wish you luck with your yeah, future work and say to anyone watching this who needs this healing path, sign up, <laughs> go to the website and, and connect with them because it, it's been an incredible, I don't know, 40 minutes or something. Mm -hmm. I feel like we got a real gift today. So thank you for that. Thank you very much. Thank you. And thank you so much for the work that you're doing in the world. Thank well, you. we'll we'll stay in touch and we will be back together again. I'm sure we will. Everyone else, we'll see you next week. See you next week. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for tuning in to Daily Dose of Dr. Mary and DD. If you enjoyed the content and want to learn more, head over to Facebook to Daily Dose Dr. Mary DD. You can find us on YouTube under Dana DelVal. And if you want to get signed up for our weekly newsletter, email me at D-A-Y-N-A at D-A-Y-N-A-D-E-L-V-A-L.com. Have a great day. We hope to see you soon. Bye-bye.